we don't always get what we want, but we're in the legal market <laughs> and we're growing cannabis for a living. So we kind of got what we want. Welcome to Far North Token. This is episode 83, March 4th, 2018. Your host, Mid Token. Thank you all for listening. Today's episode, Rocky Brown of Alaska Precision. When it's time. And really good talk with him. And what is really special about this episode, this probably never would have been possible without Peggy Peters. Set up a Patreon account a couple weeks ago where fans of the show can contribute financially, help support the show, help me get some better equipment, keep things keeping on, right? Peggy Peters, one of the first. In doing that, I figured, let them guide the show, really. So we had some requests. Peggy Peters asks for Rocky Brown. And I'm so happy she did. You're going to hear, good old boy, down to earth. He's here to help people. Musician. Just get along. Just play with people. Grow some good herb. Sit around the fire. Drink beer. Smoke some weed. Tell some stories. I think Rocky Brown could tell a lot. We stayed pretty much to cannabis. Got a little bit of his beginning days in music. And that leads to one of the bumper musics. One of Rocky's friends. Brandon Jenkins died a few days ago. 48 years old. American singer, songwriter, philanthropist, Brandon Jenkins. He was part of the Red Dirt music genre. Jenkins performed in the Texas and Oklahoma regions, and he toured Europe on several occasions. He often played 150 shows a year, shared the stage with Sonny Sweeney, Zane Williams, Corey Morrill, Deanna Carter, Pat Green, Willie Nelson. Do you think Brandon smoked any herb? Not sure. The Mavericks and Kevin Welch. One of Jenkins' notable songs, Refinery Blues, was a biographical ballad about growing up near the Sand Springs Line, an area where oil refineries abound near the Arkansas River, tributary of the Mississippi River. Jenkins was also a philanthropist as a supporter of the Red Dirt Relief Fund, a nonprofit organization that supports musicians from the Red Dirt family of artists who face financial hardship. And Rocky Brown, any brother of yours, brother of ours. Sorry for your loss. Here's token to you, Brandon Jenkins. Remember back when I met you. Welcome to Far North Tokers, Rocky Brown. What's up, man? You are someone that I'm so happy that we are coming in contact with here that I do not think our paths would have crossed so soon if it would not have been for Peggy Peters. Yeah, she's really cool. Um, her and Misha, Misha came out and uh, checked out our uh, our facility and brought us lunch. And I, I love Mexican, and they brought us some Mexican, so that was pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, they came out and visited some, you know. Uh, they're just awesome people. I, I know they're really interested in getting uh, in the edible market and stuff. I know people are trying to make that happen. So uh, that's really awesome, too. You know, there seems to be a kind of a gap there right now. 
No, no kidding. And and losing <laughs> one of the biggest the biggest suppliers over yeah, the last you know, couple months. That's a sad deal all the way around. I mean, you know, it is what it is, but uh, you know. Right. You don't do the stuff it happens, so it is what it is. Uh, it sucks to lose lose somebody in the industry so soon though. I know, and I, I I like them. I like Destiny and Nick Need. I always had good talks with them going in there, and they just running the business, I think, some of the best they could, and maybe things got away from them. It, there's a lot of charges yeah. thrown down. Yeah, you know, I can see how it can happen, and, and I can see how it's really hard to keep up in metric. And, and, you know, when you're running a business, and the regs are constantly changing too, you know, it's a new industry, and they're constantly revising stuff and, and improving stuff, and it's hard to keep up with everything. You know, it really is. Uh, you know, so I can definitely see how how that could happen. But there were things that were ignored too. I mean, it it, it was it was bad both ways. Uh, but it's it's just sad. Right. Anyway. Yeah. So I've I've I started this Patreon account, and I've given people that have um, subscribed the opportunity to suggest guests. And Peggy was one of the first, and she comes back with Rocky Brown. And I contacted you, and what did that feel like? It's awesome, man. You know, uh, I don't know a lot of people in the can of community. You know, I. It's like I told Tina when when we did Tina's uh, show. Uh, yeah, through the looking glass. Yeah, right. A lot of people have, have it was in the black market and stuff. You know, and and I knew people that were doing the potluck thing, and I was just uh, I was kind of going through a time in my life I wouldn't really want to be out in the public and stuff. I had a, I got diverticulitis and ended up with a colostomy bag and stuff, and I wasn't feeling very public at that time, you know. So uh, I kind of was just doing my thing, growing weed and smoking weed and enjoying my time. And uh, you know, now I'm wanting to get out in the public. I, I got all that fixed up, and I'm feeling pretty spry. So, <laughs> all right, good for you. Uh, this new legal market is awesome. We actually we just initiated for a concentrate license last night so oh, we're going to try to do rosins and solventless rosins and stuff like that simple stuff we're going to get a rosin press and you know we're looking at some some other maybe maybe doing some distilling or something but other than that where it's going to be all solventless and we're not going to get into all the crazy stuff but man that's got to be one of the most daunting applications to fill out i would imagine oh man you know it's we we wanted to stay away from it but you know there's a hole there too Tell you what, I just tried some really awesome rosin from uh, Lady Grey, and that stuff is amazing. Uh, I love that stuff, and I'd love to see more products like that on the market. Le less products that have butane and things like that in them, you know. Uh, I'd like to see more CO2 extraction and stuff like that. You seem old school toker. Uh, I was I was watching Tina's show through the Looking Glass, and uh, you were saying you're from Oklahoma. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Perkins, Oklahoma, originally. Uh, I've been up here almost ten years now, so. Also, uh, still new. You're not Alaskan yet, apparently, right? <laughs> uh, hell no. You're never Alaskan. You know, you're always from the lower forty-eight, I guess. But you know, hey, Alaska's my home. You know, um, we have property up north, up, uh, not way up north, but uh, up by Talkeetna, uh out by where the facility's at. That's how kind of how we met Dave. You know. Uh, we lived with, on generator and no water and the whole thing out there for for a while and uh, for a few years and and it was it was fun. Uh, I wouldn't mind going back to that life, but it's nice having a shower and a plug in and internet. And, <laughs> you know. Yes, convenience, technology, and civilization. It, it really is, you know. Uh, Did you move straight from Oklahoma to non-power life? No, I was actually on my way to Florida. Uh, I was going to learn how to surf. I was going through kind of a 
detrimental change in my life uh, with addiction and all kind of things, and I was getting away from all that. And I I got hung up in Austin, Texas. What a cool town! It's um, right music here. And, and stuff, and uh, and that was a blast. You know, that was a blast. But uh, man, I'm not a city boy, and it was just too much for me. I, I met an old uh, an old fling and an old love. Uh, on MySpace, actually, back when that was the thing. <laughs> right. And uh, she was up here, and uh, so I flew up here. The rest has been history, uh, you know. I moved out in the woods and started growing pot, you know. And uh, <laughs> Were you a grower in Oklahoma? I, I grew, uh, yeah, a lot of ditch weed. I mean, you know. Sure, just what you have access have, to. Uh, you know, right, just some seeds. And, you know, and a lot, a lot of the way it worked back then is everybody just – they found some property to buy next to a pond and threw out a handful of seeds or so, you know, and we watered it with pond water pretty much. Everybody go out there with five-gallon buckets every couple of days. And, you know, you're talking about 100 degree heat. And, oh, you know, it was it was terrible weed. <laughs> it's the first weed to get high on, you know. Uh, probably some Mexican of some sort, you know. But uh, probably the highest I've ever been. <laughs> oh, those first times. Yeah, yep, yep. The kids will never have that experience today of seeing that corner in your bag. Like when you would get a brickweed and you would have the corner. Oh, that was the best. I loved it. <laughs> and it was like that little little pyramid that was smashed in that you knew you had some part of that brick. Yep, yep, yep. Sure, man. And that was the those were the, that was the good stuff, you know. The stuff that was like, hey, that, that sucked, you know. I've been across country a, a few times. I'm sorry, but Oklahoma is one of my least favorite. So you must be loving the sights when you just oh, open your eyes and look out on the horizon and see Alaska. You know, I was just thinking the other day when I was on the way out to the facility, I was thinking, you know, I, I, I'm taking all this for granted again. You know, I was looking around and when I first came here, everything was so big. You know? I mean, it was just huge, you know, and uh, but I've got to enjoy some really great things up here. I, I went out, you know, on the Denali Highway and two years ago I went out, I was out there for almost a month. I was out there two weeks pretty much by myself before my old lady and everybody started coming out and we had the in-laws coming out and everybody and, you know, doing the caribou hunt thing. But it was a blast, man, just two weeks out in the woods by yourself, just wheeling and, you know, it was huge everywhere. You get up on top of hilltops and see for days and, you know, it was beautiful. That's, I love that. That's my new hobby here, you know, and that's, that's my disconnect when I, when I can get away this year. I'm, I didn't get to do any hunting last year, but this year I'm, I'm going, doing some hunting. So uh, just being by yourself. That's, uh, I actually have never been truly by myself for too long. Maybe two days went camping. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, it was kind of scary out there, but wow, what wildlife you see when you're out there by yourself and you're not talking and paying attention. Oh man, you know, uh, we, Ray Ann showed up last year in caribou season, uh, right, right, right at opening, and uh, we were out there riding on the wheeler all day, and then the wheeler broke, and we were walking. I don't know, we walked about a half a mile, and that's when we started seeing everything. You know, <laughs> that's when we actually got our caribou uh, with our broken wheeler. That was a whole other experience, but then we had to get out of there. That was fun <laughs> with the caribou. <laughs> Where did you get a name like Rocky? Are you born with Rocky, or is that come along? Yep. Yep, that was my dad's name. Uh, you know, he, he was uh, he was in the army. Uh, he was a Golden Gloves boxer. I mean, there you go, Marciano, huh? It we we came by that name honest, you know. Uh, and I've got a brother named Rocky as well. So, <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> and a and a brother named Donnie. <laughs> so, Have you boxed? 
Yeah, I, I was in martial arts, but yeah, I did some uh, some amateur boxing and stuff. But uh, I did, I was in taekwondo when I was younger. I actually went to the junior Olympics and uh, when I was fourteen, and I did pretty well there. Oh, I and so I did some fighting and stuff. You know, uh, it's a little bit different, but you know, always into it. I, I loved sparring and hoping to do that pretty soon. I've been putting some weight on. I got to get rid of that. So <laughs> I'm happy to hear that uh, Rocky came through the boxing and not other forms of where you could hear rock from. Right, right, exactly, you know. The big city boy, the small town blues. This place seems so small to me. Well, I was used to the boulevard when I saw you. I fell so hard. So what was Rocky doing in 2014, Ballot Measure 2 hits? Are you thinking about coming into the legal industry at this point? We were. We were already talking about. It. I was getting dragged kicking and screaming by David Straub, who's you know who's the the man behind all this stuff. You know, Alaska. Go ahead, Alaska Precision. No, yep, yep. And uh, so uh, you know, when I, I met Dave across the road, uh, uh, he was just an old dog musher that was growing weed. You know, and I needed weed, <laughs> and we ran into each other. So you know, uh, he got tired of of bringing me weed and said, "Hey, I'm just going to show you how to grow weed." You know, I was like, "Well, I know how to grow weed." And he's like, "No, you don't know how to grow weed." You know, and so we started growing weed and. We've learned from there. I mean, together we've we've been developing a system. Actually, you know, something that's that's easy and and produces good results. You know, but but that that any that we can pass on that that anybody can do. There's a million good ways to do it out there. I mean, there's so many ways to grow marijuana, but and so many good ways to grow pot. So you guys were growing growing weed together before ballot measure two was even thought of. Oh yeah, man. Cool. Then, so describe to me that conversation when whose eye twinkled first? I guess since you were dragged in kicking and screaming, it was David's. Oh, yeah. And he wanted to go standard. He wanted to be a standard. And I, I did not want to go standard. It was way more work than I wanted to do. You know, Dave's got Dave's got big dreams, you know, and, you know, and, and I do, too, you know, but I, I'm a realist, too. So, you know, well, how many employees? Just you two? It's just uh, me and Dave, and then Rayanne, my uh, my better half, and then uh, we have, we have a girl named Amy that comes in and trims for us. You know, she's awesome, and uh, we're hoping to grow here. You know, a couple more employees and stuff as we get maybe this extract license and stuff going. But we're small, you know. Well, that's the power of the limited. You can stay small and still make money because you're not paying so many people and and everything that goes with bringing more people on. Right, you know, and it's, make a living. It, and, I, and I hope, you know, I hope they do something about the taxes, you know, and it's not that we don't want to pay taxes, uh, but man, they're, they are, they are high. We've been paying taxes for about a year now. So, you know, we, we, we understand it just for, we're just a limited, there's guys out there that's got light bills more than we're paying for taxes, but you know, I was talking to Rick Usher the other day. <laughs> and one of the things that he said that really stuck out to me is he was talking about taxes and saying it's. No one is going to win in this game except the state. We're all fighting right. each other down here, and we're just, we're getting, everyone thinks we're making a lot of money, and it's just the taxes are eating us up, and the cost of operation, the cost of business, and yep. the state's just making money, pulling in money, pulling in money. And it really is, and there's all these gaps in the market right now. You know, there's gaps for concentrate makers, there's gaps for, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of products sitting, just sitting right now. That's what I hear. It, it, that's a shame. I'm surprised. Yeah, um, but we we don't personally have any flour that's been sitting sitting around. But we've had uh, some uh, 
we've had some trim that sit around. Um, right. uh, some concentrate guys are, you know, they're they're revamping and adding on, and they're trying to fill gaps, you know. Uh, and and the, the legal process takes time. So, and as soon as the outdoor season got done, you know, the, the market gets flooded with trim as well, which is great for concentrate, and we need concentrate, and we need more concentrate makers and with the edible gap too we ain't got another edible maker making edibles and of course i know there's all kind of new people coming on lady gray and uh i know good's doing some things but i don't know if they're doing anything with outside people's trim and stuff i need to reach out to some of these people more and and kind of find out some things because man there's all these new faces there's a lot going on yeah for sure i think i got away from the idea of what did david how excited was he when he was he bubbling over when he finally came to you and said, "Okay, Rocky, we're doing it." Did he tell you we're oh doing God. it, or did he ask you, or what? What was going on in the room? Oh, he was doing it. Period. You know, he wanted he wanted me to to, to help him. You know, uh, he's like, "I can't I can't pay somebody ten grand to, to do our paperwork for us." He's like, you know, he's like, "You're gonna do it." You know, and I didn't want to do it, and uh, it, it it came to last down to the last couple of weeks, and me and him sit down and. We battled it out every day and just got through it, you know, and wrote procedures and did the thing. And, you know, it was it was rough, uh, but we made it, you know, and now that I'm here, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad we went limited and, and did it the way we did it. Uh, we're growing from nothing. I mean, and uh, it's awesome. You know, yeah. it's, 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 we you know, we did, we lost a bunch of things going into all this as far as genetics and everything else, which is that's a whole nother thing that's new right now there the way they're shutting us down on genetics that kind of sucks but it is what it is i understand why you know uh they don't want us bringing in seeds and stuff illegally from other so they're, they're just trying to cover their, their butts federally and i get that but it really limits limits us as well you know people in the industry the policymakers that don't understand cannabis what they're making decisions about why in any world would you want to limit the genetics that are coming in to make something better? I, I don't understand it. I, why would you want to just say you can only have this much? This goes back to the idea of like one of the first arguments against slavery is why would you want to <laughs> limit the um, potential of, uh, of a species, of a, of a race? And the same with cannabis. Why would you want to limit the, the potential of the plant? The biggest part of it is the medicinal part of it. You know, there's there's a lot of high THC stuff here in the state. I mean, you know, and don't get me wrong, I, I want to see more, and the numbers are just going crazy. I, I got a question, uh, ask a question yesterday. They were like, how high do you think this THC thing is possible to go? You know, and I'm like... I'm like, well, you know, I guess anything's... In, I guess anything's possible in a... <laughs> in a hypothetical sense i mean you know if you want to keep your mind open but but well, in it's, realism it's plant matter you know, right you can't you can, yeah it's it's a weight it's a weight issue you know i mean it's thc is measured by weight so and you got plant material so yeah there's nowhere to stick the crystals on i mean you they're, they're falling off the plant that's with the whole right you, you know i mean i mean how much more can you can you get out of the plant than 30 or 40 or you know whatever percent they're getting now you know uh, so that gets to can you grow crystals can you grow thc crystals without the plant matter i i think so <laughs> almost I think so too. Uh, you should uh, be able to in science these guys, are, 
I, I see, uh, you know, uh, I see guys growing some killer stuff out there. Uh, there's guys posting stuff every day that's so beautiful. I mean, you know, get stuff that's that's oozing like, you know, <laughs> oozing concentrate right out of the flower, you know. So, so how much more THC can they hold when they start oozing concentrate, you know? I mean, <laughs> uh, beautiful. <laughs> you know? I yeah. mean, so. I never want to leave. Yeah, I could stand forever. We got moonlight of all night. Lord, I pray on the next star I see tonight. I never lose this thing we found. You were talking about uh, Mirror Scene on Through the Looking Glass with Tina Smith. And if anyone yep. wants to hear about that, I, I recommend everyone going over and find that on YouTube. I, yeah, go check out episode 46 of Through the Looking Glass. And, he, and Rocky talks about mercing mangoes and talking about beer. Great, great yeah, conversation. I mean, Let's spend this time talking about one of my favorites. I hope you know something about this because I want to learn. That uh, that limonene, that lemonine. I have um, been you know, loving I that. I know a Lemon- little bit about it, and I'm actually digging through some of our genetics right now looking for something with more limonene in it because we've got a, a lot of heavy myrcene strains the three real heavy myrcene strains and i'm uh i'm, I'm ready to get some myrcene you know so i've been studying a little bit about the limonene um so i you know it's an uplifting deal I, I know that you know I, it's good for anxiety i'm hearing right it's a, the, one of the reasons i'm using it uh it's a good morning thing it, it, it's refreshing I just love that lemon smell, clean. Me too, man. You know, and that's the thing too, good uplifting daytime weed. You know, like I said, I've got tons of stuff with myrcene that likes to put me to sleep. You know, I, I've actually been uh, dabbing on some of this live resin from uh, Good, uh, the Good, AK Cannabis Good, mm-hmm. uh, manufactured by Good. Yeah, it's the Good. They've got a, a terp, 7.42% terp on this stuff, man. And, uh, wow. Yeah, it's lemon tree strain, and I mean, it is just uh, so yes. citrusy, and that's, that's what I've been dabbing on here this morning. Uh, <clears throat> Lady Grey actually gave, they gave away a, a, a nectar collector to the first buyer, their rosin, so I scored the, I was the first buyer to Alaska Buds and scored this thing, and man, you want to talk about good limonene, it thing, it's a yummy stuff, so uplifting, let me tell you. People keep telling me about the lemon tree, and it is the next legal purchase I'm buying. There you go, good. <laughs> I am. Uh, I bought two, and I'm going back for another. So, <laughs> one thing about the vertical integration, you you get to, as long as you have quality bud, and good does, they can be a little bit exclusive. I haven't seen too many other people's products in there. Yep, yep. There's all kinds of business models. It's bad for you guys because you can't get in there. But it is what it is, you know. We're we kind of got into the extract thing uh, as looking for an outlet for trim uh, for our trim, and we didn't want to get into, never wanted to do solvent type extract, the nug smashers or whatever the heck they're called. Uh, the machine we're looking at is called a nug smasher, you know. But the, the new rosin presses are just amazing. With you by my side, like a Rocky Brown, Alaska Precision. 
when it's time. Where's that coming from? When it's time. Dave's friend actually came up with that. A friend of his, uh, Crystal, she's actually, uh, she actually has a, a grow up in Talkeetna, uh, Talkeetna Herb Company, I believe. Mm, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, she's the one that came up with, well, I think, I don't know if her, if he or him and her came up with that together or whatever, but she did some logo work for him and stuff and a bunch of sign work and stuff for him. Uh, she, she also owns a vinyl business and stuff. So anyway, they came up with that, you know, it's just been our logo. <clears throat> I gave Dave a hard time about our name and our everything in the beginning, but it's, it's grown on me <laughs> over time. Were there a lot of names or Dave is just like, this is what it is. And I'm going with it. I've been thinking about it a long time and dreaming it. We talked about a lot of names and there was a lot of process in going through this. I mean, it took, this was, this was a three year process of, it was a year of just trying to get legalized and we were, we built the building a year before that. So, you know, it was a, it's been a three year process getting to here. I, we, I built a slab on that. I mean, I poured a slab on that building, um, that, that we're, <laughs> we're in. So we built it from the ground up. So there's been lots of names and lots of, lots of everything. We, like I said, we were going to be standard. We were going to have led. We were going to be HPS. I mean, we, it's been up and down. It's been a learning process. There's been a lot to it. One of the things you were saying earlier is that that relief of coming out of the shadows that you were hidden for a while and, and now you're, you're ready to come out and you've, you've been a performer a lot of your life with music. Do you want to talk about the black market? You don't seem, you don't seem to care about it. Like it's, it was part of your life and now you're into something else where a lot of people hide it still. And they're like, no, I was never part of that. <laughs> Well, everybody's paranoid, you know, and I get it. You know, I know the I know the black market's still alive and well. Um, it, I know it has taken a big hit. I, I know people that are still in the black market that are looking to get out of the black market because the black market. Some people have already gotten out. You know, they've sold all their equipment and they've had to do what they've had to do just because they couldn't sell product and stuff. You know, and and it's whatever. But the black market is the black market, and it's always going to be around. I, I hope we can. I hope we can finally bridge the gap and not have a black market, but people got to realize that everybody's the same people. It's all the same people they were dealing with before. You know, everybody still knows everybody. It's like, you know, everybody acts like they don't want to know everybody now, but there's just invisible line in the sand drawn. But right now I'm good and you're bad, you know, right. And we're all doing the same thing, man. And we all want the same thing. You know, just, we just want access to cannabis, you know, and, and I get everybody's upset about the prices and the quality, you know, the quality's getting better though, way better. I mean, as more growers come on and as growers get their rooms dialed in, you know, we've been working on genetics. We lost our genetics. Most of it, you know, we're, we started going through old seed stock and stuff to, and to get to where we're at. So we've been pheno hunting and in our little bitty space, we've been pheno hunting tons of strains. It's been tricky, you know, but you do what you got to do. Why don't people leave the black market? I don't know. I, I think some of them are afraid. I, I think some is they're told one thing. There's all the, I hear all the time all these myths about you know the the legal market. You know that this you got to do this or it's you know you know what I'm saying. Just rumors, you know, and people believe it and. It just, it's just, it's just stupidity breeding stupidity for the most part, you know, but uh, right. it's not their fault. It's just, it's not even their fault. <clears throat> Everybody just listened to a rumor and 
it's probably some rumor some guy made up because he's mad that it's hurting his business, you know. And it, I'm just saying that's generally that's generally why rumors are made up. They're generally made up out of spite. So yes, money. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh yeah, and and everything was really nice in the beginning in this game. A lot of people playing nice, talking to each other, real nice. And recently, over the last <laughs> couple months, it's getting tight and and people are maybe it's just getting it's harder to make money and more people are coming on and it there's is, comparisons that's what it is there's the, the market's getting getting rough you know that the, you know it's kind of like i told dave you know you want to make relationships with with retailers quick in the game and, and find out who's who's on your side and who wants to work with you you know and and you work together and you know <clears throat> i'd love to have cannabis in, in every retailer out there and i want everybody to succeed but the fact is is we all can't uh same same way with cultivators you know um mm -hmm. we've made it a year i hope we make it another year you know we may not who knows uh i hope we do i think we will um we keep growing and we just keep putting back into it um that's all we can do nobody getting rich at laster precision that's for sure but uh <laughs> but um we're trying we're trying to do some things we're trying to bring some medicine to the market we're we're trying to compete we're just a couple old hillbillies <laughs> i'm gonna hit hit you with a quote of yours and it ties in right what you were saying we are only gonna get what we put into it you're talking about the legal industry yep and that's right you know and we are uh, if if everybody wants to hate it and doesn't want to put money into it then you know we're not going to, but I see everybody putting money into it. But, you know, well, just the convenience. It's it, there's a lot of in real nice things about the legal market, just with research and the ability to get different strains. I mean, three years ago, I was getting whatever my guy had. I had no right. idea what it was called. Everybody says how the black market's so much better, and you know, don't get me wrong. I know there's some fire product in the black market. You know, there's some killer herb in the black market. Uh, killer urban some home grows you know people are just growing for medicine i know medical growers they're growing some some beautiful stuff but back to what you're talking about you know <laughs> man this is good pot i'm stoned <laughs> um sorry remind me i know i was falling i was trailing on you too rocky i just took a hit <laughs> we're talking yeah. about black market weed like there's some good there's really good herb out there but if you're not really connected, you don't know right. the people that know what they have. What kind of selection do you get when you go to your black market guy? I mean, you know, whatever he's got. Most don't have more than a couple kind, if you know, a couple of strains, if if they got that, you know. Some do. I've seen guys that's got eight or nine kinds of dabs and ten kinds of strains, and you know, they got them packaged like the market, the rec market has them and labels. Yes. <laughs> you know, and and you know, it's good on them, whatever. I mean, I'm glad they're you know trying to at least look legit, but shit. At that point, you're already paying for packaging. You already. I mean, why don't you just go into the legal market? You know, I mean, right? Some people just don't don't know how to play the game, don't want to play the game, have no interest and I in and I following get it. rules that way. It, it, it does suck, you know. Dave had ideas, I had ideas, we all have ideas, and we're all headstrong. So we go into this wanting to do this a certain way, and then we learn that. That's not necessarily how it's going to work. You know, this is a farmer's market, and, you know, that's the way it's going to work, you know. We don't always get what we want, but we're in the legal market, <laughs> and we're growing cannabis for a living. So, yes. we kind of got what we want. 
the legal market has made the black market better, in, in my opinion. <laughs> it's, it's brought on a whole new level of competition for them. I mean, it's it's funny seeing the people that I used to talk to, and now their their game is upping because they're seeing w- what customers like, and they're like, "Well, shit, I can do that." <laughs> and like you said, <laughs> packaging, strains, names. It's it's a real it's 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 fun. Everyone's doing their. We're thing. all learning together. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's if they could get the taxes down, you know. Uh, I think a lot more people would be involved with it. But then again, how many how many more grows can we really effectively have? I mean, we got guys that's got sixty something strains on their shelves. I mean, yes, you know, that... and that's awesome. Um, don't get me wrong, but I mean, you know, at what point is it is are we turning into Oregon where or whoever that has too much cannabis on their shelf? You know, everybody just got it sitting around. Let's talk about that. We talked about limiting genetics. And it's not it's not fair to the to the strain to limit its potential. Is it fair to right. the industry to limit the potential of new businesses coming on that can do it better? I know that's a big argument, you know, and I hear, you know, a lot of and I hear a lot of people wanting to, to limit it and you know we even heard Dave talk about it. He's like, Man, I wish they'd limit it, you know, but in the same respect I don't. It, it's a free market, you know, it's that's what it should be. It makes you better. You know, it is what it is. You know, if we can't compete with these other guys, then we don't deserve to be in the, the free market. You know, that's just how it is. Um, there's some killer cannabis online now. I mean, killer cannabis. Um, I think we're all right, though. I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> We've got some new stuff coming up that's <clears throat> testing pretty nice. So, Where can we try? I haven't, I haven't seen Alaska Precision out there. I haven't got out of Fairbanks yet. Has it been in Fairbanks? Not yet, not yet. I'm I'm trying to get in good sense. Uh, we just got to get a back up on our step here. Uh, you know, some we kind of slowed production down there when I went through my surgery, and we're kind of back up on step now. You know, um, we're getting uh, getting our our main suppliers, Alaska Buds. There, uh, we we do a lot of Green Spot and out at uh, uh, Hilltop too. Um, good. Yeah, out in Sutton, in uh, Big Lake as well. Um, but uh, I want to get north. Um, we've talked to them out there, and I want to get some product up there. I just got to get some product stocked up to get to them. Um, uh, these guys in Anchorage go through this stuff so fast that. <laughs> oh, and I just suck it up, right? Yeah, you know, when when you put post a good turp profile with 20 plus percent THC, it's just gone. I mean, it just disappeared. And this new orange dream that we finally got up on step, it's we can't keep it on the shelf. So. There you go. That's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's got maybe some turp. of that. Some of that competition comes from you being a musician. You know, you have to prove yourself every second when you're standing up in front of that audience. You know, but I'm glad you brought up the musician thing because I want to bring up, I had a, a, an acquaintance that in the music, music industry back home. Um, his name was Brandon Jenkins. He passed away yesterday. Um, hmm. and Sorry about that. He's an amazing musician. I mean, he, truly touched my soul and I mean I'm sure tons and tons and tons of people things I've done in the places I've been just don't compare to the love I'm in it beats all I've ever seen there was a collective of musicians down there and it wasn't about competition you know in austin austin was kind of the same way you know it's this uh wasn't about competing it was about 
brotherhood and playing together. And, you know, we'd play in these big singer songwriter uh, circles. And uh, Brandon Jenkins used to belong to this uh, deal they did called the Gypsy Cafe uh, down in Stillwater, Oklahoma on the strip. And uh, it's where a bunch of singer songwriters just get together and play. And it wasn't, wasn't about competing. We all played together and hung out together and everybody had their own style. And we all appreciated each other's style, you know, and, and music that we all played. And that's, that's what's cool about it, you know, and that's, that's the way it should be in the cannabis industry right now. Uh, it doesn't have to be competition, you know. I love our Orange Dream, but I like smoking uh, old school and Buffy's old time moonshine. I like smoking, you know, there's lots of people's herbs I like to smoke. I like to smoke Peace Frogs, Peace Dream, uh, you know, uh, the Arrow Brothers that <laughs> Brian Ellers and Tara Lynn all the time are talking. About. It's uh, the Arrow Bud Brothers or whatever. They've got that. Uh, um, that huckleberry i love their huckleberry uh Ooh, i have a friend that grows huckleberry i like that one right you know i mean there's there's killer there's a lot of killer growers out there right now um that's growing some killer stuff i can't wait till the frost frontier gets their stuff out there i love their stuff i mean evan and, and brady Farr, those guys are doing killer stuff with with tons of genetics over there um i've been been talking to them and working with them about getting some doing some collaborative breeding and genetics with them and He's got grapefruit that smells like grapefruit and blueberry that smells like blueberry hard candy. And, you know, the snozberries smell like, tastes like snozberries, you know, in the whole nine yards. So it's, it's fun going over there and checking his, his grow out. It's, it's really going on, you know. And I've seen Adam Hoover's stuff with snow-capped gardens and stuff. Their stuff is beautiful. Yes, I got a tour of their facility last week. They are filling that limited to the maximum potential uh, that's yep. what i love about their place that's what you gotta do that's what we're doing too we our doors on our flower rooms used to open in and me and dave looked and we're like <laughs> you know what <laughs> a plant could go there so we took the doors off and turned them around uh literally so uh, i totally understand about stuffing it full you know uh when you're limited you're Try to do all you can do, you know. There is no reason not to other than just space. If you are allowed to grow in that amount of square foot, fill it. Fill that square foot. Man, we we used to have half our building was was uh, workspace and half was grow space. And it didn't take no time before we, we filled out the paperwork and applied to add on. And now we've got a little corridor that we work in. And that's even pre-veg. We've got tables in there that go over our reses and stuff that are doing our small starts and plants. I mean, you know, we're just packed in there we couldn't have fit more than four people in there if we wanted to when we're trimming so i mean it's it's tiny so but it is what it is it's due to make money yeah you know? there you go all those limited grows out there um make sure you're hitting your your peak and it's 500 right 500 square feet yep, yep. canopy yep we're doing it and like i said you know we're gonna put this extract thing on and do it start uh pressing some rosin i'm, I'm really stoked about that um you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really stoked about they, they limit us on our genetics, you know. So in my search for some more limonene, <laughs> you know, I'm going to I'm gonna reaching out to, you know, uh, the eyes, Philip Eisen. You know, he's another o Oklahoma boy. Uh, the Kushtopia guys over there. I, I love their their stuff and what they're doing. And uh, I'm hoping to do some collaborative breeding with them and finding people, finding guys that want to do collaborative breeding and share stuff like that is, is where it's going to be because there's room for us all, you know. Just like I said, I, I want to buy their product as much as I want to smoke my product. You know, I mean, it's there's room for us all. We want, we want access to, to, to. You know what I'm saying? To, yeah. to different stuff. 
I mean, you're an artist, Rocky. That's why. Yeah, man. I, I don't you like experience smoking. it, create it. Yeah, man. I want to make it my own. You know, it's it's that's another thing. You know, it's like you know, I, I don't want to just smoke Blue Dream. I mean, Blue Dream's good. Don't get me wrong. You know, and it's cool. But it's like I told Dave, if we're all growing Blue Dream, whose Blue Dream are you gonna buy? You know, whose whose Blue Dream's gonna sell? You know, and there's gonna be this flooded market of Blue Dream, and and you know, there's only gonna be so, a certain not amount of it that sells. I mean. And and there's potential for that. I mean, you got your Budweiser and you got your Coors Light. You got All those right. You things still got to have know. Budweiser and Coors. I mean, there's there's though people need those strains for this and the that. So it's definitely needed. But you know, being a limited grow versus the standard, you know, I I think standards are going to be limited, more limited to stuff like that. I mean, yeah, sure right. they got room to 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 breed genetics and make their own genetics and stuff, but. You know, they're they're going to be the Budweiser and the Kurs and the, the Walmart and the, the blah, blah, blah. You know, we're, we're trying to grow craft cannabis. You know, we're trying to grow super fire, super terpy. You know, that's what we're going for. Stuff that nobody else has. I mean, that's, that's kind of the whole point. Exactly. And I feel you guys can, I guess the standards will argue with me over and over. And But as a limited, you guys can keep a closer eye on what's going on. You have... The idea is closer at heart instead of giving it out to other people and let other people control your dream. Yeah, you know, and, and I think we can spend more time with each plant, and I think that's right. a big part of it, too. You know, you talk to cultivators, and I mean, it is, I don't know, there's, I, I've grown bigger crops, and I've grown smaller crops, and, and the smaller crops tend to be better crops because you have time to, to, to do the, the, the maintenance on them and the, the, the training and the trimming. And, you know, when you do a big grow, you just kind of throw everything out there and you just kind of let it, let it go, you know, and you do the best you can do with it, you know, and they don't get that attention. You just don't have the time to spend with them. Not if you're going to feed them and, and everything else. Right. It's, it's a, it's a smaller family to love. I'm sure the ocean of love is very wide in those standard grows, but you can't give them all that special love, can you? No, no. You know, even in the limited, it's hard to get to everything. You know, uh, Dave Dave asked me when when we started this, he's like, how am I going to feed all these, you know, and hand feed them? And I was like, you're not, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to automate, buddy. You know, and, uh, but Dave's old school. You know, Dave's as old school as it gets when it comes to smoking. I mean, he, he still rolls his papers with, you know, he still rolls his every morning when he gets up, you know, he. He's old school. I bought him a glass pipe this year because I got tired of him smoking out of an aluminum pipe. I was like, dude, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing about uh, friends. They they spend time with you and they know what you, they know what's good for you. I had a friend get me a grinder, a Santa Cruz <laughs> right. shredder, and uh, I never even knew what a grinder was. And he was like, here, you, you need this. Yeah. So, yeah Tabby and Alaska buds took me and Dave up with grinders. Mine's about wore out. He never uses his. <laughs> he still uses his fingers and a pair of scissors to cut his up, you know, and a, and a newspaper to roll it on. You know, like I said, he's, he's just as old school as he gets. I've been actually looking for a new grinder. I was thinking about, I'm trying to find a five piece, you know, one of those dual screen ones or whatever. A friend of mine's got one. It's dual screen? Rad. I've never seen a dual screen. A five-piece grinder. It's. I showed her my new grinder. She's like, I've got a five-piece. I'm like, well, shit. I gotta have one of those now. You know. Oh, I know. Mine's <laughs> only four. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it goes. You know. You gotta one up the the guy next to you. I got now. I gotta have a six-piece grinder. You know. No. Uh, <laughs> 
I do not want to let you go until I talk a little bit about cannabis and music. Oh man. More, more about cannabis and music because we, we touched on it a little bit. I, I play guitar, not very well at all. I've got an acoustic that I've played for, I guess, coming on 20 years that, you know, I, I have my certain songs I can play and just rhythm kind of stuff. But I like to light up before I go, go in and start jamming and kind of really lose myself in music. Louis Armstrong, The Gage, talking about his experience with the Muggles. So where does cannabis and, and music tie in together for you? Well, that's funny. Um, <clears throat> I, I've always kind of got... Um... I've always kind of had stage fright. So when I was a kid, my uncle, my uncle Gene, he used to make me go to the senior citizens on Monday night and play my guitar up here, up, up on the stage with him in front of the senior citizens. And that was a lot easier than going up in front of, you know, peers and people my age. You know what I mean? <laughs> How old were you? Old, oh, I was 13, 14 years old, you know. Uh, that is awesome. That's an awesome gift for your grandfather to, or your uncle to give to you at that point. You know, and I went on to play. Uh, I had a buddy that I grew up with, Danny Hart, that grew up just a block. Me and him decided we were going to start a band, and he was a drummer, and we we played my grandma's garage sale and stuff, and uh, that was real cool. You know, <laughs> we knew one song; it was awesome. You know, we played it over and over and over all day. <laughs> oh, I the first band I was in, I was uh, I was singer for a band, and we got invited to do a party, and we did Crazy Train five times. That's all we did. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Well, you know, so so then then it came to time, you know, uh, me and some buddies, we put a little band together, and we decided we were going to do open mic night up at, at Stillwater, Oklahoma, at, well, Willie's Saloon, where they did the Gypsies Cafe and, and everything else. I mean, that's where that's where music happens in Stillwater, right there on the strip, you know. And uh, we get up there, and we're playing, and we don't make it through the first verse, and I freeze on stage, like freeze, and like have to get off stage and everything else, so... Oh no! Th oh, hold on. Whoa, whoa. Okay, Rocky. This is your first time up. Yeah, up, up in the real, on the real deal. Yes, know, right the big lights, the show. Right. So I freeze up, and my my bassist makes me drink. I don't know how much booze we sat there and drank, and sat right down the front row. And we lost power that night. It was a hell of a storm. I mean, they have thunderstorms down there, tornadoes and stuff. And we lost power. And the guys that were playing never even quit. So people are lighting their lighters and the security guys have got their flashlights on them. And I'm like, you son of a bitches, you know, <laughs> I mean, you could at least stop for that, you know? And so anyway, we made it to the night and, uh, <clears throat> we, we came back the next week. Did you ever get back up on that night? The, no, not that night, but the next okay. week we came back and, uh, my drummer lived right down the road. We yeah, got yeah. high and we laughed our asses. Do you, now this was so the, the 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 four of you tried it for the first time. Who was the one that went first, or did you all? I went first. How did you? How did you? How did you? How was that decided? The drummers always go first. Yeah. <laughs> We went down there, and I don't know how much weed we smoked, but we got wasted. And I had a whole bunch of musicians over there, and we played. And, you know, that's where <clears throat> playing and, and smoking cannabis really came in for me. Because uh, I wasn't always about cannabis. Uh, I, was about, I was about booze and, and uppers back in the day. You know, uh, I didn't like to slow down. So uh, cannabis was 
I was kind of anti-cannabis for a long time. You know, uh, cannabis saved my life. Um, I'll say that. Good. It took me away from all that. <clears throat> took me to a better place, you know. Um, cannabis got you back on stage, huh? Yeah, man. And I, I had to smoke every time I went on stage and out back between songs. And, you know, I mean, it was it was just part of my life. Uh, cannabis has probably been part of my life for probably better 20 years. There's one of my favorite Paul Simon songs, Late in the Evening. I stepped outside and smoked myself a J. <laughs> and when yep. I come back to the room, everybody just seemed to groove. <laughs> yep. Turned my amp up loud and I began to play. Then I learned to play some lead guitar. I was underage in this funky bar. And I stepped outside and smoked myself a J. So that's Rocky Brown, huh? A little, you're riding Paul Simon style. Oh, you know, kind of, kind of. I'm more. Uh, well, I mean, just that that experience of heading outside, smoke yourself, Jay, come back in, and you're ready to jam. Oh yeah, man. You know, uh, I'm I'm a big Lebowski follower. Uh, I'm, I believe in Judaism, uh, the the religion of the big Lebowski. You know, uh, <laughs> which is you know, fuck it, dude, let's go bowling. You know. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, we smoke a J and do, you know, let's roll a J, you know, kick back and do the do. Do you find, is there a, a, a good strain or uh, like a indica sativa that you enjoy during music or just all types? Or is, how's like a, what, what do you like smoking for music? Well, my favorite strain uh, ever is strawberry kush which uh, we're going to have some of that coming to market here pretty soon. It took me a long time to find the Fino. Um, <clears throat> I smoked some in Austin and fell in love with it, you know. And it's a hybrid. For music, it, it, it's got the up. It's got the up, you know, like uh, like a good sativa, but it gives me that nice relaxing. I mean, it's like a wave of relaxing over, you know what I'm saying? And the flavor is, it smells just like a strawberry pink cookie you know what i'm talking about the little thin pink strawberry cookies that's what mm -hmm. it smells like to me man it's just amazing you know and that must have been in some of your early days of toking too huh that catches you that way um i was in austin i went by a fellow musicians that was from oklahoma and he just uh, got back he was out in nashville doing some recording or something and he just got back and he's like hey i just got this strawberry kush you know and he put it in his bong and i literally drooled in his bong uh, first time i'd ever <laughs> i know right first time i'd ever drooled in a bong i'm like this is retarded you know so i was i gotta have some of that you know and uh ever since then that's been my favorite strain uh, i've been looking for that taste that everything again you know and uh me and dave ordered seeds shit years ago from robert bergman and we've been digging through those seeds for some time now um and we were down to the last two literally and david kind of given up on it and I was like, I'm popping these two seeds, man, you know, and the first one was the normal, airy, crappy, you know, nothing special, no terps, no smell, no nothing, but that last one stacked in and 
crystalled up and smelled all strawberry and i mean had a nice expansion so we cloned it we got a run of it going and i think that's the uh cut i've been looking for mm, you found it again huh i i think so and it was in our last seed literally and that's that's it's always the way it works it's always the last seed you know right how's gaming work what games do you play and then does the same kind of strain apply for gaming Oh, I don't know. It depends on what game you're playing. <laughs> okay, yeah, what, what kind play, of games do you play? I play a lot of games, man. You know, uh, m- mostly first-person shooters. Um, you into but, the big uh, PUBG? No, I'm not into that. I tried it. I'm not into it. I played some Arma 3 and did that um, whatever style, but just not really into it. I've been playing uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands a lot. Um, mm. Then I play Xbox stuff, cross cross platform i buy the digital copy of it and i play forza games and racing games and i play this game called spin tires it's uh basically logging and driving mud trucks and <laughs> nice. all this crazy stuff but but i play online with a bunch of my friends that were alaskans they guys that have moved to the lower 48 now and that's kind of the only way we can connect now we're all above 40 you know and <laughs> we like we don't like to all the kitty bullshit that we get a lot. So we play on private deal together and, you know, just kind of hang out. It's just a way for us to hang out and smoke and bullshit, you know, I'm with you. I do the same thing with my buddies back East coast. Yeah. We all separated and it's kind of cool to, it's a place we can uh, get to kill dragons together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, there's so many games out now. They're bringing games back like doom. I I play that because I I mean, that was, that was a big game when I was a kid, you know, Uh, Uh I wish they'd bring Duke Nukem back. <laughs> oh, super classic. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's where I'm at, man. I love those old games, you know. But, uh, dude, I play so many games. Uh, I play Far Cry, and they got, I heard they got a new one of those coming out. So, you know, I'm going to have to pre-order that, I'm sure. Yeah, it's uh, video games. I, I hear both sides of it, you know. They're such a, a waste of time, but everything you can look at is a waste of time. And it, it's an enjoyable time where you spend with friends and get you out of a lot of conflict in the day it's a disconnect you know and that's sure that's is. mainly what it is you know it's same as playing music or going hunting or you know whatever it is that you're into doing you know and i'm into all those things you know i, I like to disconnect in many different ways because i if i had to do the same if i had to eat cheese sandwiches all the day i'd get pretty tired of cheese sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> That my feet don't touch the ground I heard you mentioned kind bud and I that's a word that hasn't uh, crossed my lands in a long time. I guess you hear it a little bit with the Hawaiian world. I lived in I lived in Maui for like 10 months, nine months. And that's all you heard over there. The kind, the kind, bro. And yeah. I heard a little bit before I left. And that's that was just a generic term I come to find. Right? I mean, right. I, and that's the way it was in, in Oklahoma, too. And that that was kind of, you know, we had Reggie or, or you know, or, or Ditchweed, whatever you want to call it. Uh, mm-hmm. Dirtweed. They called it lots of things. Uh, but you had your Reggie and then you had your... Your KB, as they called it, or your kind bud, you know, which is which was twenty dollars a gram, and generally it was blueberry at the time, just because that's what was hot and what was going around. Um, 
there was other strains. It, it wasn't a, it wasn't strain specific. It was just the killer top, top shelf, shelf dro. <laughs> generally, is what it was. You know, hydro. You know, and that's what they called it in Austin was the dro. Reggie and the dro. You know, that was days of let's see, ninety five, and when they were attaching the price the what was it the price of an ounce of gold to an ounce of kind bud. I remember hearing that all the time <laughs> in the nineties. Yep. And it was like, oh, it had to be kind bud to be yeah. that. Oh yeah, yeah you know, just... and that that goes to the MTF argument, you know. And I've got, uh, you know, and that that whole thing right now, that's hilarious, you know. It's, Ooh, it's touchy, isn't it? It's it's kind of funny to to just throw some information out there and watch everybody feed on it too, <laughs> but because <laughs> you know, everyone you come across says they've got the story. Yeah. Let me tell you a story I heard yesterday, and. Tell me where it rings in your world. I heard a story yesterday that the original MTF was an autoflower, only grown outside. That's a new twist. When the person was busted, all seeds were taken with, with the bust. It was only grown in the summertime, outdoor grow in Matlusca Valley. I heard the Valley. summertime outdoor thing but i have not heard the autoflower thing that's yes i never heard that before either and uh (laughs) i mentioned to him and he was like that's what i heard and like wait a minute and you know they've always it's always this long ago they heard the story i heard somewhere is the real story rocky well there you go those pieces connect lost in a raid right you know i i heard it was lost in a raid um you know how do you get raided I don't even remember that part. <laughs> the detail I heard yesterday was um, his his old lady got upset with him, so she turned him in. <laughs> I don't doubt that. I don't there doubt you go. That. Another disgruntled, detail. Disgruntled employee. <laughs> Ooh, yes. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Uh, yeah, uh, well, you know, <clears throat> well, the, the story I choose to believe is that, you know, it's kind of like KB. You know, uh, it was grown in the valley. It was a strain of the time that was killer that was grown in the valley as a generic term. I could be totally wrong, but, you know, I wasn't here then, you know. Uh, I had no clue, you know, and all I know is I hear all these stories. And the one I hear the most, it, it makes the most sense to me. Crazy shit happens in Alaska, though, so, you know, you never know. You never freaking know, man. Um, so, like I said, but I just choose to believe that. It's like KD, K, KB, you know, it's grown in the valley back in the day and it was killer, killer, killer pot, you know. And are there guys that could have strains that were top shelf stuff back in that day? Yeah, sure. I've seen guys carry genetics that long. So. You're catching so me do in guys, a <laughs> Right, that's all good. Do you remember the first time you heard of MTF? I, the first time I heard of MTF, I wasn't not even in Alaska yet. I heard about it in Vegas. I was working at Wolfgang Puck Cafe. Wolfgang. I was a busboy, <laughs> and one of the one of the servers there was one of the best waiters I've ever seen in my life. He spoke seven languages, uh, makes lots of money, and he was also a flight attendant working for Alaska Airlines that he would fly between uh, Anchorage and Vegas all the time. And I got in a conversation with him one time, and we were smoking herb, and he was telling me about the Matanuska Thunderfuck. Back in, that would have been 95. 
So right. that's when I was hearing the kind bud. So that word might have been thrown around, and he must have said, oh, I'll tell you about some the Matanuska Thunderfuck. And wow, to hear fucking in a strain is one thing. I think it's classified oh, as one of the you. top strains people don't like to say. Oh, man, I'm telling you to hear that. You know, uh, I didn't hear about it till I was up here. Uh, my old lady was telling me about it. But, you know, my old lady was in was black market grower from day one up here. So, you know, I mean, she I, I kind of fell into it. You know, that's that's what I heard uh, was that it was. And that's what I heard when I got here, that it was just good weed back in the day. You know, that it wasn't no specific strain. So. You know, but yeah, I definitely heard about it, but I didn't hear about it down south. But, you know, I stay, I was pretty south, so. <laughs> you know, that makes sense that you're saying that we're talking about this generic term for MTF in that there's so many stories about it because it all was different weed. Everyone's got a different story and they're right. Everyone's right. But right. And, that and particular everyone's like, oh, oh it didn't look like, it didn't look like that. It had long skinny leaves. No, it had fat leaves. No, it had eight leaves. No, it had nine leaves, you know? And I mean, <sighs> their MTF had that. <laughs> right. It could have been a strain and it could have just had that many different, pheno, different types of phenos. I, I highly doubt it, but well, let's just say, I mean, for the sake of anything being possible, that could be a story too. I mean, you know, it sure. could be. There's a lot of could-be's, and that's the problem with it. There's so many could-be's, you know, and you just got to go with what makes sense. It makes sense to me that, you know, it's just a generic term for, for good cannabis back in the day, you know. Are we going to find Alaska Precision cannabis? It's uh, Alaska Buds, Hilltop Premium Greens, and uh, the Green Spot out in Big Lake. We are uh, hoping to be in some more shops soon. I've been talking to Good Sense. I, I have to have enough. I, I'm just trying to put enough product together to make it worth coming to Fairbanks. You know what I'm saying? Um, sure. Yeah. We we got to pay for our gas. You know, and with the tax prices the way they are, they are. No, I um, so that, we're working on that and uh we, we should be having some crops soon that uh we're able to do that um we've been getting our our retailers were down to almost nothing again and so we had to get them stocked back up and uh we're there we're there so like i said i'm hoping to get some up at good sense and um anybody else up in fairbanks that wants wants to look at it you know i mean we're we're not prejudiced <laughs> you know yeah the show has has an international audience it's selective. Right. I think people are listening to it and coming, like the international people are listening to the podcast and then vacationing here and finding out about different things. And then a lot of people in the state are listening. So if I'm going to go in there and spend the limited amount of money that I have on cannabis, what am I going to have to leave with from Alaska Precision? What what strain do I need to say, okay, yeah, that that's really good stuff right there? Man, um, 
Right now, there's no Williams Wonder, and that's a really that's one of our best strains. Um, but right now, in my opinion, the best thing we got is Orange Dream, and it's it's our new it's pretty much our new strain. The last stuff we had um, was 2.57% terp profile, but it had a 1.43% myrcene. So, hmm. um, and actually, I just got the test results this morning. I haven't even looked at them with our new terp results stuff that's coming to market. That's pineapple kush. We got pineapple kush going to be out, and that's we do that does really well too. I mean, that's a really good strain. Beautiful. Um, this had a 2.94% terpene profile with a 1.59% beta myrcene. So at a 25% THC. So was that your orange dream? That's yeah. And that's coming to market. Uh, well, we dropped that off at Alaska Buds last night. They have some of our 2564 on the shelf that had a 1.4% myrcene. So that's running real, real that's that strain's running really good. And the myrcene quickly, that's just the one that activates the high, right? Uh, well, it does lots of stuff. Myrcene uh, has actually got medicinal qualities for pain and stress and stuff too. It actually helps with cancer. It's actually the uh, it's the terpene that tells is basically the uh, terpene that tells your cancer cells to uh, uh, self destruct, commit suicide, whatever. Um, it's when so it so it's it's more than just uh, gets you high, but yes, it it is the main terp that that allows the thc to pass through the blood brain barrier uh the blood brain barrier i always get tongue twisted when i'm trying to say that <laughs> well done <laughs> but uh anyway uh, when it passes through there and it allows your your brain to uh absorb the thc of the cannabinoids better so yeah it's going to allow you to get higher and longer it's just going to allow you the, the the effects better so and that's the deal with the mango and the hops and all that stuff if you drink or eat something that's heavy in myrcene before you know, a half hour, 45 minutes before you smoke then, or, or eat or whatever, you know, I mean, edibles or whatever, all the same thing. So, hmm. um, I'm having some questions come at me recently from people that have all their life been against cannabis, friends of my wife and, you know, parents of friends of my wife and they're, they're right. starting to come and asking her questions through me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of the questions that I'm getting the most right now is I do not want to be taking pharmaceuticals. I want something that will help my pain. I want to be able to sleep, but I don't want to get high. Any recommendations? Should those people just be looking for straight CBD products, or should, should you know, they be man, put a little THC in there with their CBDs? You know, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but, um, you know, there's, there's other things other than CBD. And don't get me wrong, CBD is... We all know that's a, that's a, it's an awesome medicine. Um, so, you know, that'll, that'll help. CBG, that's a huge thing right now. Um, I, I've been doing some research. Rachel over at Canicare, she's, I, I met her at, at Empire and she did, she, she helped me understand some things about that when I was making a donation. And uh, CBG helps, helps with bone, uh, uh, I guess, I guess with bone density repair. I don't know. Uh, Is that for I'm like rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis? Rheumatoid um, arthritis? No, no, more for, uh, I don't know if rheumatoid arthritis is exactly, but, um, but yeah, it's for, the, for bones. Your hands getting all it, it also works for anti-inflammation, all kind of stuff. So that, yeah, that's something that's you it. can add, you know, um, personally. Well, CBG is something that you can buy separately? Yeah, uh, now you can. I, I guess it's pretty, pretty expensive or whatever. They even make uh, custom blends over there at Empire with, uh, 
with the stuff. Uh, they can make a custom CBG, CBD blend for you. So so that would keep you from having to get high, give you some more medicinal properties. Um, so I can see that working. I think they all work together better, you know. Uh, uh, the entourage yeah. effect. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yes. I think you need a little bit of it all. I think the THC is an important part of it. You know, do you need 30% THC? <laughs> you know, um, and, and that's the thing is I'm working with some breeding and stuff right now. I've got some some stuff uh, that I'm wanting to do, and I'm wanting to do some one-to-one CBD and THC strains and bring to market and stuff because there are people that are going into the rec market that are buying stuff off the shelves for medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, they are. A lot of people are just because we want to get high. I don't mean we don't want to get some medicine too, you know. No, right. It's a wellness thing. I, I'm really moving into that. Steve D'Angelo. Yep. It's it's more than just getting high, and, and people, it's all wellness. And 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 now people now people have the options and the choices, and they're they're starting to see that, you know. Now that they can, now that they can get that, they're like, you know, hey, you know, my back kind my back's kind of sore, or you know, I got this rash or whatever you know what i mean and they're like you know i want to try that you know and people are trying it and things are working and they're they're coming back from orbit and they're asking about it because it's it's medicine people you know the golden age of cannabis legalization is the research just be people being able to openly discuss it and without fear oh it's amazing and, and not only that but just 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 what we've learned in just a year um from from our test results and being able to you know metrics the devil and it's a pain in the ass and you know it's tracking all of our cannabis and all that stuff and it in it is a pain in the ass but in the same respect it gives us tons of data mm-hmm. yes it does we can go back and we can look at oh i, I will's wonder you know veg for two weeks or two months or whatever you know we can we can look back each plant we can see what it weighed you know and that's the beauty way in the whole plant. You know, we now we know what that plant weighed, and it veds for this long, and we, we flowered it for this long, this many days. And we've experimented with it and, and played with our test numbers because we can see the results in our in-test numbers, you know, uh, high and low. And when you're cropping every week to two weeks, you get a lot of test results, you know. So <laughs> right. uh, you get to see a lot of that, um, and it's cool. You can really dial your strains in, that's for sure. There's strains that we would have we would have taken completely out of our rotation that had terrible numbers had we not ran them again and you know been able to to not to do what we didn't do that that time around and you know really dial in a strain i mean noticeable numbers <laughs> so yeah using science it's good so good to hear that you're doing that and he taking advantage of data it's all there for you good for you yeah you gotta use i mean you gotta use it for something i mean we're, we're writing it down anyway, so might as well look at it. Right. Well, Rocky, I totally enjoyed talking to you this afternoon. What, um, anything that we missed that you want to throw out there? Nothing, man. I really enjoyed talking to you, man. And uh, hopefully, I can put you and David on my Toke Circle list to find you guys one day. Yeah, you're gonna have to get down. You want to come down and check out our place, man? You're more than welcome anytime. And uh, on it, come down, check it out, and. Uh, See what we do down to Alaska Precision, man. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, Rocky. When it's time, Alaska Precision. Thank you. Yep, yep. No problem. Thank you, man. Hey, hey! Thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, 
Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. And now, Patreon. Help support the show financially at patreon.com slash midtoker. Here's Token. Token.